0: Graduated from high school and we ran with some folks and one of the couples that we ran with back in the day had a son that just got picked up by the Chicago Cubs this last week his name is Riley Martin and uh, he is a left-handed pitcher that he was a standout wildcat there in Salem High School and he became the all-time strikeout and wins leader in his uh, at his alma mater Quincy University And uh, Riley brings some speed and control and an incredibly young arm to the Cubbies. He's going to make that team better. He's going to make that team stronger, a more well-rounded team. And if they, the the general officers, didn't think Riley would be a good fit for their organization, they wouldn't have drafted him into the uh, sixth round of the amateur draft if they didn't think that he would have brought something of worth into the organization they they wouldn't have chosen they, they wouldn't have picked him a, among all those See, they believe that he can do some good there um, you all know, God chooses you to be a part of his organization thank God it's not the Cubbies uh, but he has he has chosen you to be a part of his organization that's called his kingdom that's called his church and oftentimes the people he chooses they're not the Riley Martins but they're mess ups like you and I they're the outcast the forgotten they are the those who are broken and those who have been uh, counted out and those who are are left over and not wanted those who are forgotten about which means no matter where you are on the spectrum whether you are a southpaw hard thrower like Riley or whether you are on the nut squad you know they only put you in when you're a thousand points ahead or a thousand points behind You can be used by God anywhere on this spectrum because He has chosen you. And I've got good news for you. If Jesus is your Savior today, and you've admitted that you are a sinner, and you've asked Jesus for forgiveness, you and I are on the same team. We've been chosen. We're a part of the organization. We're a part of this thing called the kingdom of God. We belong here. We are accepted not because we are acceptable ourselves, but because Ephesians 1.6 says we have been made acceptable through Him church today we're going to look at week two of our series called the chameleon I'm um, borrowing this blessing, and it's just something I believe that our church needs to hear. Last week, we discovered the difference between blending in and sticking out, and we discovered that we had to confront our conforming, and we had to ask the question, are we willing to be healed? Will we, do we want to be changed? Do we want God to transform us? Today, we've come up to the line where we know that uh, we do want God to transform us. We've told Him, change us, make us not fit in, let us stand out. So what we're going to do today is we're going to discover what's the next move. Where do we go from there? Uh, once we've chosen to be transformed by God, we can do some incredible things for Him, through Him. I want to read this as a responsive reading 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9-12. through 12. Church, I'm going to read the odd, you're going to read the even. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. Church, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens, as strangers in the world, to abstain from the sinful desires which war against your soul. Church. Old Peter is writing to a group of Christians who were a long, long way from home. They grew up around Jerusalem and they grew up around the Negev, but now they're all the way up in northern Asia Minor and they find themselves in pagan territory they find themselves in a land that never heard of Jesus never heard of the good news but this is where they find themselves and they're sticking out like sore thumbs and they're getting a good bit of persecution they're getting a good bit of struggle Uh, they are standing out in their culture because they are Jesus followers and so it's to this group of people who are a long long way from home away from their family and friends a long way from the people who could help them out if they got in trouble and Peter is giving them a message of encouragement to these Christians He's writing them and he wants to encourage them because he knows that they're standing out and they're struggling with it. Church, I believe that there's three things in particular that Peter gives here. I think that number one, he gives them a reminder. Number two, I think he gives them a challenge. And number three, I think that he speaks a word of strength into them. And church, when we understand that we were drafted and we were chosen, we'll want a greater understanding and we will want to walk closer to Jesus because we want to to be used in the kingdom of God To the full extent that our Heavenly Father wants to use us. We want to be that Riley Martin on the team. We want to be that person they bring in. Church, the Bible says that as you and I have come to Christ, we are now a royal priesthood. Now back in the Old Testament, priests were the one people who could go into the presence of God and that only once a year. They could come in and intercede for people on behalf of God only one time a year. Back in the Old Testament that was the objects, that was the objective of the priests, to stand before the people and to intercede between them and God. But in the New Testament, because of Jesus you and I are now the priests. We have access to the presence of God. We don't need anybody to go to the Father except Jesus. In fact Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except through me we understand that but we know that we are now priests we know now that we have access to the heavenly father into his presence let's dig in with how with how we should see this view of being chosen by God number one let God remind you that you are chosen you are chosen out. You've been drafted. I want you to listen again to, to Peter's words when he reminds his, his readers of the past that God has brought them out of. He says, you are a chosen people. Don't forget you are a royal priesthood. Don't forget that you are a holy nation. Don't forget that you are God's own people. There's another translation that says this. You are God's own possession. Can you imagine the God who created everything? The creator of the north, south, east, and west. The creator of everything you've seen in t- in, in Hubble telescope? pictures the God who has everything he says you're my favorite possession you're my favorite you're my own possession you mean something to me you are important to me and I want you to think about what it means to be God's own possession the Bible says in Jeremiah 32 verse 38 through 40 and I won't read it all but it says this the people of God in Judah will be my people and I will be their what We know all about being called to be people of God. We know what it means to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We know what it means to be God's own possession. We know what it means to be God's people. But here's the beautiful thing not only are you God's people, but God is your God. He's right beside you. Not only are you His, He is yours. He's chosen you and He's called you. You see, when God chooses us, it doesn't mean that we're just His people. It means that also He is our God. And if you look closely enough throughout all the pages of Scripture, you will see that there is a a pattern that God tends to do when He calls people, when He chooses people out. Um, He often reminds them of their he reminds them of how he's been faithful to them in the past. Peter's doing the same thing. He says, Hey guys, look, I know that you're in a rough spot. I know you're struggling, and I know that you stick out like a like a like a diamond in, in, in a rough spot. I know that you stick out. I know you're having a hard time. But I want you to remember something, Christian, up there in northern in northern Asia Minor. I want you to grab onto this. You are chosen. God has called you on purpose, intentionally. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's people and what Peter is doing is he's saying don't forget who you are don't forget where you have been delivered from it's a promise that God gave to uh, First Peter and it still stands to us today church he didn't choose you to leave you he chose you to use you just because your pa- oh I love this you know just because your past didn't turn out the way you thought it should it doesn't mean your future can't be brighter than what you ever possibly imagined it could be Just because your past is not up to snuff in your eye, I want you to understand God can do something with your future still. He hasn't counted you out. Just because it didn't turn out in the past the way you did, it doesn't mean your future has to be mangled up. Your past doesn't have to be your millstone. Your past can be your stepping stone to step into where God wants you to be. God's not scared of your past. God's not scared that. In fact, He knew all of it when He died for you on Calvary. And He still loves you. He still chose you in spite of that fact. Y'all, God will use you. He might use you and pray and go. By the way, this week I think it's Don and Jane. Uh, Don and Jane are going to be uh, praying this week. And we appreciate you doing that. Last week it was Bird and Missy. Maybe God's going to use you and pray and go. Maybe God's going to use you in Connect Group. Maybe God's going to use you in a community group. Maybe God's going to use you in Jesus League VBS One Day Clinic. I don't know, but this is the thing. I know that God didn't save you to sit in these pews. God saved you to reach a community that's lost and dying without Jesus. That's why He saved. So, I've given you the, the word. You've been chosen. Now let me give you the challenge because that's exactly what old Pete did. Peter just reminded his readers that God chose them and then he tells them this in verse 12. Live such good lives among the pagans that they accuse you of doing what? I've got an interesting take on that, and if you'll stay with me for about 10 minutes, I'm going to give you a modern take on they accuse you of doing wrong, because I struggled with that. In fact, it was material I didn't even give them last night. material I got this morning. They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits you, but I don't want you to forget they will accuse you of doing wrong. I'm going to get that church a lot of us tend to receive god's blessing in our lives and we think that our blessing that god gives us is just for us or maybe it's just for us four and no more it's just for your household but church god has given you a blessing of salvation god's given you a blessing of mercy and grace but he wants you to share it he wants you to spread it around And that, my friend, is the challenge. Psalm 67, verse 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us. Salah. That your ways may be known on where? So that everybody will know that there is a God. So that everyone will know that I am real. So everyone will know that I am holy. So everyone will know that I am the real deal. Let everyone know. Your salvation among all the nations. Church, we ask for His blessing and His grace for a very specific reason. God, save me so I can tell other people how to get saved. God, take away my sin so I can tell other people how their sin can be removed. Advancing in the kingdom of God can be simple as living a godly life. Look at verse 12 again. Live such good lives. Church, Say, live such good lives. Doesn't matter what we do. Doesn't matter what we do. Doesn't matter what we say. Doesn't matter what we think. Doesn't matter where we go. Live such good lives advancing the kingdom of god may be as simple as living a godly life god ultimately chooses us to bring glory to himself and the way we live our lives is one of the loudest testimonies we will ever share with a lost world how we live our lives now that's not the only thing but church they will look at your life to see how you're living and god will ultimately choose and use that to bring him glory peter is addressing a group of believers who are watched all the time up in northern asia minor people watch what they did what they spent their money on how they operated what they did on the weekends people were intrigued with that message therefore they wanted to see how they were living. What's all this Jesus stuff? So they would watch how they were living. What's this message of good news? So they watched how they talked. What's all this stuff? So they watched where they went. They watched, and Peter then throws out a challenge to use this fact of watchers for the kingdom's advantage. And church, I believe that it's the same challenge that is issued to us today. I wonder who in our daily lives are watching the way we live. I wonder who in our daily lives are watching the way we interact with difficulties and adversities. I wonder who in our circle of friends is watching what we post on social media. I wonder who's watching us, how we spend our time, or the way we treat other people. Why? Why do they watch? It should be to see what makes us stand out. Why is that person not furious the way I would be? Why is that person not seeking revenge the way I would be? Why is that person forgiving that person instead of hating them the way that I would? People are looking to see if you are living the gospel you say that's changed you. You might be saying, this is my flesh. Well, it's none of their business. That's what Mike wants to say. But then can I tell you what God thumps me up at the head and says? I chose you to live a godly life in front of those people. Why? Because I love them as much as I love you. And they need salvation. They're watching you to see if I'm real. They're watching you to see if the gospel... Is accurate. They're looking to you to see if there is a such thing as a new heart. They're looking to you to see if there's a such thing as a temple of the Holy Ghost. They're looking to you to see if there is a way and the truth and the life, and the only way is through Jesus. They're looking at you. Dang, that's a lot of responsibility. If that's what we've been chosen and drafted and called for, he's saying, live your life, a godly life, in front of pagan people. I don't know about you, I could work on that the rest of my life. I don't have to worry about if Jesus is coming before or after the rapture. I have a hard time loving my neighbor as myself. I have a hard time turning the other cheek. I have a hard time blessing those who curse me. And you're wanting me to argue about something that, that hopefully I won't even be here to see. I'll be raptured up. What I struggle with is things that Peter's telling me about right now. Live a godly life in front of the lost. Y'all, that's, that's the meat and potatoes of Christianity. That's the meat and potatoes of winning people to Jesus. Living a life that is a testimony. It is an amazing privilege we have as God's chosen people to show the world around us what Christ looks like. What it looks like when somebody has walked out of darkness and found the light. What it looks like for somebody who was dying and going to hell, but now they're saved and going to heaven. What it looks like when somebody's eternity was broken, but now they've been made hell. The world wants to see what that looks like. Church, why aren't we giving it to them? Maybe we don't know how good we've got it. Maybe we don't know how blessed we are. Maybe we don't know what we've been chosen and drafted in to do. Maybe we've never been given the challenge. But church... We've heard the choosing. We've heard the challenge. Now let's talk about the change. Allow God to change you. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. Verse 10, once, you ain't that way no more, once you were not even a people. Oh, but now you're the people of God. Once you'd not receive mercy, but now you've received mercy. Church, there is a change that takes place when Jesus comes into your life. You were once in the darkness, but now you are in the light. You once didn't have an identity, but now you're God's people. Once you were a stranger to mercy, and now mercy is your reality. Church, Peter once again takes us down memory lane to the time of our lives when we were stuck living in the darkness, stuck living in condemnation, stuck living in guilt, stuck in the penalty of sin. And what he's saying is this, you're no longer there. Anybody can be in the dark place. It's Jesus who removes you. That's a change. Chances are, because you're human, you may have experienced what it feels like firsthand to be in a dark place. To feel like you're unloved. To feel like you're lonely. To feel like no one cares. One of the most striking biblical examples of God's mercy and grace for somebody that is just so far off the reservation, you don't think there's any way they could possibly be saved. is the transformation that God gives for this Saul the, the uh, Pharisee and turns him and transforms him into Paul the Apostle. You see, as I tell this story real quick, I want you to remember that Saul and Paul are the same person. Saul is just the name he had while he was hunting Christians. Paul was the name he had when he became a Christian. Saul went from town to town hunting down Christians, hunting down the church, and realized there wasn't a building. He was going house to house, okay? Urban fighting, house to house. Looking for the Christians. House to house, looking for those who've placed their faith in Jesus. Saul was present whenever they stoned the first Christian martyr, Stephen, holding people's coats so they could get a good wind-up. That's Saul. And by the way, if Saul would have done his job and Saul would have been successful, do you realize the church would have died in infancy? If he would have squashed the church in Jerusalem, there would not have been a church. If he can take that dude... What do you think he can do with you? His story picks up in Acts 9. And Saul, near Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell on the ground he heard a voice say to him Saul Saul why do you persecute me now here's the thing Saul's not after Jesus Saul's after the church but I want you to understand how closely Jesus is related to the church when the church was hurting Jesus hurt when the church was attacked Jesus was attacked when the church was up against the rope Jesus felt that pain church don't you think for one second if Jesus has that high of opinion of the church shouldn't we his children have that high of opinion of the church Jesus is saying, why are you persecuting me? That's how closely he identifies with us, church. Every Paul has a past, but thank God, every Saul also has the potential of a bright future. Y'all, this isn't the kind of thing God... uh, This is the kind of thing that God can do with any of us if we'll let him. And just like Peter said to his audience, I speak to you. Remember, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's people and He is your God. You are the people of God. You are His possession. You belong to people. Don't ever forget that and the devil will try to lie to you and say it isn't true, but you just read it in the Word of God. He chose you. You're special to Him. Remember whose you are. You are God's own possession. And He's challenging them to step into their calling and to represent Christ to those around Him with their words and their deeds. Church, you may be saying, well, preacher, are you saying that my good works save me? I am not saying that. I am saying this. We're not saved by our good works, but we are saved to do good works. Good works are not the cause of your salvation, but if you're saved, good works will come out of it. Good works are not the root of your faith, but they are the fruit of your faith. Preach while you saying all that. Dude, you remember what Peter said? Live your life in a godly way in front of pagan people. Is what I'm saying jiving with that verse? Yeah. It's jiving with it. We live a life that's different. We live a life that stands out. We live a life that reflects Jesus. And if we're not, then we're blending in. And we're not... We're not living up to our calling. We're not living up to the draft pick. And the bottom line is God can use any of us in this room. God can use literally any of us. If God can turn Saul into Paul, what can I do with Mike? What can I do with Tony? What can I do with Kelly? What can I do with Cooner? Peter makes it clear. God doesn't draft us simply for our own good he drafts us for the good of people around us so people see his goodness maybe we maybe we've been keeping that seed of salvation to our all, all to ourselves maybe it's time to get out of our comfort zone and start asking a few people to church maybe it's time we ask a few people to our connect groups maybe it's time to tell people about redemption the truth is there are people in your life maybe even in your inner circle they don't know that there's a god they don't even know that there's a god who loves them but you do And you've been placed in their life to tell them. Maybe people in your inner circle, maybe they need to know that they've been chosen for a higher purpose too, just like you. You ever heard of Neil deGrasse Tyson? Here we go. He is probably one of the most respected, sought-after, influential physicists in all the world. I want to read you a couple of these tweets that that he gave out. And he's incredibly anti-Christian. But the first tweet was this, you won't be able to see this, Merry Christmas to all, a pagan holiday, B.C., before Christ. Uh, A pagan holiday becomes a religious holiday, A.D., after the death, which then becomes a shopping holiday, U.S.A. Grassi goes on to say, on this day, which by the way was Christmas morning, on this day a long time ago a child was born who by the age of 30 would transform the world. Happy birthday, Isaac Newton. few years ago there was a big controversy up in New Jersey I think it was in either New Jersey or New York there was a Christian teacher there and she refused to teach evolution as a fact she said that doesn't I can't do that I'm, I'm a Christian this, this is my faith There was a big stink and Negrosi came out with, with this particular quote and I want you to remember what I said back how you remember back when it said they'll even accuse you of doing wrong I told you I had an interesting take on that this is what Degrassi says I apologize for the images again this was at the kitchen table this morning people cited violation of the First Amendment when a New Jersey school teacher asserted that evolution and the Big Bang are not scientific and that Noah's Ark carried dinosaurs this case is not about the need to separate church and state this is important it's about the need to separate ignorant scientifically illiterate people from the ranks of teachers live your life in such a way among the pagans that they'll say you're doing wrong could this be what that means you mean to tell me those words that were written 2000 years ago Leap off the page even today, you better believe it. Because the Word of God is sharper than any two edged sword. It is alive. It'll separate bone from marrow and it will cut you to pieces. But there's nothing any better. And it's that that transforms you. And that goosebump you feel right now, that's the Holy Spirit saying you need to listen to that fat boy. We're called to live different. And if that means we're living different, it means we may be called illiterate and ignorant. But baby boy, we was told that. We, we were to, If we're doing that, we're doing our job. If we're called ignorant and illiterate, we must be doing something right. But you also need to know that this is nothing new. Back in the 2nd century, there was a man by the name of Celsus. He wrote the first book that was critical of Christianity. It was called The True Word. This is what he wrote. And by the way, this was this was 200 A.D. Let no cultured person draw near none wise or sensible. However, if any man is a fool, let him boldly go to become a Christian. They are the most uneducated persons. They are like a swarm of bats or ants creeping out of their nest or frogs holding a symposium, a, a symposium around a swamp or worms convening in mud. Cooner, The attack on Christianity is nothing new. The church survived that. We'll survive this. Because here's the deal our God can handle this. Our God's on top of this mess. And they can try all they want. They'll never cancel the cross, they'll never cancel Jesus. Praise God, your salvation will never be canceled either. You don't think they're watching? I sound crazy. The world is watching you and they're watching your walk on your path of faith and I'm going to tell you why. You ever have one of your posts flagged? You ever had something taken down? You ever had scripture taken down? They are observing your responses and your reactions Not just your politics or your policies, but they're also looking to see how you react to adversity and unfair treatment and difficulties. They're looking for your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your kindness. Churches, followers of Jesus, we have been chosen by God. We've been given a challenge to live our life uh, in a godly way before pagan people, and we have been given a, a, a word of strength. Don't forget where you come from. Don't forget who you are and whose you are. Live a life of Jesus before people you are set apart you are chosen you've been drafted into the Lord's organization for goodness sakes live like it I'm going to ask if you would not simply close your eyes and bow your heads you know if you took a poll of your closest friends do they know you're a follower of Jesus if you would take a poll of your closest associates would they know that you're among the chosen would they see you living out your faith and it's a simple answer, but it's a powerful truth. Sadly, lots of people in our life wouldn't know that we're followers of Jesus, or that we're chosen, or that we're a part of the church. It's a simple answer, but it's a powerful truth because the reason why some of us don't have friends that know that we're Christian, because some of us need a backbone in our soul. We need a backbone in our soul. We need to live differently. Than the unbelieving world. We need to live differently than the lost world. We need to live differently than when we were living in darkness. My dear friend today, if, if this makes sense to you, and it should. If this makes sense to you. Then you realize you've been saved and you've been called into the kingdom. Not just to be blessed, but to bless others. In fact, we've been told that in no uncertain terms. Live our godly life in front of a pagan world so they will say that we're doing wrong and that they'll see the glory of God in us. My dear friend, we used to be people without an identity, but we're somebody in Jesus. Don't forget who you are and whose you are. Today, maybe you need to make a fresh commitment. Maybe today you need to make a fresh commitment in your life to Jesus. This invitation is going to be open. Maybe just in a very public way, you need to come and kneel and, kneel a knee at the altar and say, Jesus, I heard you loud and clear today. I heard you loud and clear today. Maybe you can't kneel and just come up here and stand. But you know, there's something, there is something special and unique with a public decision. By you coming forward today, you're simply saying, Lord, I'm not going to be a chameleon any longer. I'm not going to blend in. I'm going to stand out for you. I want to ask if you would just simply stand with your heads continue to be bowed and your eyes closed. Almighty God, as we continue this invitation, I pray that you would draw people to a fresh commitment to holiness and to godly living. Walking after you, Jesus, today in this service. And Lord, I just pray that you would move them right now in Jesus' name. As every head is bowed and every eye closed this morning, if you would just like to make your way up to the front. It might take three seconds. It might take 30 seconds. I don't know how long it'll take. But if you'd just like to come forward and make that decision this morning, just as a simple way of walking forward, you're saying, this is the day. I know I'm calling. I know I've been called. I know that I've been challenged. And I'm up for it. I'm I'm committing my life to Him today. I'm recommitting my life to Him today. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come right now? Okay. Okay. Okay? would you come right now? The story. Be faithful and true. Let others see Jesus in you. Let's sing that chorus together, church. Let others see Jesus in you let others see Jesus in you let others see Jesus in you keep telling the story keep telling the story be faithful and true let others let others see Jesus in you thank you so much for being here today you may be seated but not but that that third row I need you four to come on up brother Richard miss sue you're going to introduce these folks to us today uh, you may be seated uh, except them for uh, brother Richard miss sue I have been bringing a couple with them, and I want you to understand something what they did you can do what's about to happen here is something that can be replayed in so many of your relationships and it was a relationship that sparked what you're about to see. Brother Richard, my friend, I'm going to give you a microphone because they won't be able to hear you online. Yep. And I want you to introduce them to you, how you fit in, and how God brought them here. Well, uh, this is David and Kelly Mitzelharn. Uh, David's been a friend of mine, a, a working, a working friend for years, and we got to talking and Finally, one day I said, well, why don't you just come to church with us? And we've, we've been bringing them ever since, you know. Actually, we ain't been bringing them. They've been coming on their own. So. Yes, they have. Right on. God, God bless them for that. Right on. You know. They are members over at Steelville They're First. They're members at Steelville they First. They are baptized believers. They, they have know. not had pizza with the pastor, but you have had Reed's. With the pastor all right and we talked it was very good we talked about the church and your role here how you are joining the church the church isn't joining you did i tell you those exact words yes if you've heard me say that i want you to know i offend everybody with those words but the truth of the matter is we join the church the church doesn't join us Mm -hmm. we join the church um and church they are baptized believers baptism they are born again they're seeking to join this church uh, from steelville baptist and they have had, uh, they have had the uh, pizza with the pastor, but it was Reed's. All right. All in favor of receiving those folks as our newest members, say aye. 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 All opposed? Very good. Y'all, welcome to First Baptist Church, and we are delighted to have you guys. All right. Thank you, buddy. Um, I'm going to have Richard and Sue go back to the back, the front door. Sue, would, you mind, would you, could you mind doing that, guys? Would you mind go back there and just shaking hands and letting people love on you? Would that be okay? Okay. I'm going to ask you to stand again while Richard and those guys go back there. love you guys. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to give you glory for what you're doing and what you're accomplishing here. Father, you're doing some incredible things. Father, I pray for this church. I pray that uh, we would be invading this neighborhood and this community, the 623, the 62233 with your message, with the story of Jesus, with your kindness and your love and your forgiveness. Lord, let this church be a church that stands out. Father, not because we're excellent, but because you're excellent. Not because we do all things well, but Lord, because you do all things well. Let your love be made manifest here. Let your mercy be made manifest in this place. Lord God, I pray that you would bless these folks and keep them, that your face would shine upon them and be gracious to them, that you would lift your countenance upon them and give them your peace. And I ask this in the name of the Prince of Peace, Yahshua HaMashiach. Jesus the Messiah God bless you church thank you so much see you soon